Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Actually, before I, I, I speak, I want to get uh, what we've done as part of the process is we've said that we actually really want to know the people that God has added and create an opportunity right up front for people to be known and for them to know. So we've had two evenings, part of Linked. They're a dinner moment where we come together, we have meal together, and then we speak about three major themes. One, which is what we celebrate as a church together. The theologies, some of the big ideas that we celebrate and that we hold to as a local church. The second part of that is connecting, and we call people to, to be a part of a local church, our local families, to connect with that family, to gather in moments like this, to gather in smaller forums, because we... You can't really do life in big forums. You do life around small tables, dining room tables, um, kitchens, moments like that. So we want to call people to that kind of Christianity of doing life together. And the last part is to contribute and say, well, is it the time, the resources, the energy that I have, the gifts that are in my life? Um, it's so amazing. Impele, where's he hiding at the back there? Our very own John Ledger. There you are. You're not hiding anywhere, but <laughs> sitting behind his little piano, just tinkling there this morning. It's just... And uh, there's gifts on these amazing people that God's given. Part of our responsibility is not just to know about them. It's to say, well, how do we facilitate the gifts that are in people's lives as a family within the safety of family for the kingdom beyond our borders and beyond the walls? And, and so that's some of the process. But I'm going to ask every one of these people have had a conversation with one of the eldership couples. It's been many, many coffees. The coffee shops in, in Tableview have personally phoned us and thanked us. For, um, for this incredible drive. They think it's a great idea. But um, can I ask each of the guys, I know different guys have met different faces, so I'd love you to just introduce the guys that you met with and, and just call out names, and if we miss anyone, we'll say sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm just stuck here. Uh, so Go. this is Neil and Celeste Matea. Uh, Celeste is very worried I'm going to ask her to say something. I won't. It's really amazing to have you guys. Uh, really looking forward to journeying with you. And I only got to meet with one couple. Wow. It's really cool. But apparently they, they're just so amazing. <laughs> there, I didn't need to There watch. we go. We just want to thank our super pastor, Quinton. Okay, let me jump up on stage. Yeah. Okay. This is Emma Chetty. Hey, don't hide so there, Emma. If you want there an amazing lady to come to your home, she brought us cake and everything. This is amazing. What? God gives good gifts. So that's an amazing gift. And then there's a family that's together, but they're not together here on Okay, Sergio, Lau with Gianna, that's their daughter, and this is Sergio's wife, <laughs> Carmia, and their little boy Jess with, is inside, so it was great to meet them, an amazing couple who love serving. And ask them about their honeymoon, they've got a story yeah, to they, tell. If you guys want to know about their honeymoon, yes. fish tanks and stuff, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> where is... The other person. Azaldi, where are you? Oh my goodness, Azaldi. Why don't you, you show all? yourself? Why don't let's, let's it feels like we're in class. Hey, everybody sits at the back in Come class. Come across so this way a little bit, guys. And this is and Azaldi Vantonda. So, yeah, I'm not trying to put you in the spotlight there, Azaldi. Yeah, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm walking up and down. And so, that's Azaldi Vantonda. And they are the lovely people that I met. So God give good gifts. Thank you. Wonderful. Here we go. So... Quite amazing. Um, going to be welcoming an Alita with her wonderful kids, Jean and Emily. The amazing thing about her is that this is not her first time at Life Changes. You left about 10 years ago, and 
your parents were like one of the first guys, the original guys in the church, I think, Lucas and, and Annette. Who remembers Lucas and Annette Lowe? Hey, how's that? Eh? There we go. <laughs> so wonderful. It's so amazing to have you back here, and we are looking forward to the day when your husband comes and joins you, and we're going to be standing with you and trusting for that. Eh? Wonderful to have you guys. There we go. Great. I had the privilege of having coffee and connecting a bit more with, well, Andreas, let me start with him. Andreas, hello. So Andreas has been serving everybody coffee for quite a while now on the barista team, but he doesn't drink coffee. So what? When, you, when you go and grab a coffee from him, it is made perfectly, but he's never taken a sip of Maybe you should hold like him down, Quentin, <laughs> for some coffee. So Andreas from America, from Congo, from all over the place, it's such a pleasure to have you really part of this family. Now, Tendai, had a pleasure of connecting with you this week as well from Zimbabwe from last year, October, and really just wanting to slot into this as a family. Uh, Oliver, I don't know if you're actually here this morning, maybe tonight, and that's it for now. Did I miss anyone? That awkward moment. No. There we go. Oh. And uh, I get a bit Ollie hiding at the back there, buddy. Or where to? And um, just this, uh, we haven't had a chance to formally kind of take a moment, so why not take this? Or where to um, is, is part of a team of interns that are spending the year with us in the life of the church, and they've just added such amazing life. And uh, he serves in this church up early, serving. Just so you're an amazing blessing to the church, but it's great to have you partnering in the story. Loves the Word of God. Ricky and Kay, next thing, why don't you guys raise your hands? They are married for eight weeks. There we go. And, um, and amazing to have them in the life of the church. Newlyweds, full of life. They came on week two of the wedding. So it really is amazing. Who's hiding behind there that we can't see? Liesl. Liesl met with Gabe. So let me, um, let me take the one because we've got about 15 or 20 people coming at, at Milton this morning and then some people more tonight, which is amazing. But this is Liesl. Her son Josh um, will be welcomed in at Milton this morning. He's also an intern with us this year. And uh, you're hiding at the back there, Liesl. Come for it. There we go. Also, always serving and always part of the life of the church. Um, I'm looking for Roy, who is cousin of Tanaka. I don't know where Tanaka is. Tanaka is our latest pilot in the life of the church. And, um, but Roy, a man who loves the Word of God and an amazing privilege to have you partnering in, the, in this story. Dan and his amazing wife, Liz. Give us a wave there, Dan. And um, they're a very special couple that God has sent to the life of this church. Liz, is a, she, she's a part of the, uh, the, what's it called? Emergency room, um, uh, ICU, ICU. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. And uh, I got an SMS from her this morning. She said, I was going to push through and come to church, but she just had a massive night awake the whole night in ICU. So she's resting this morning. And um, it's an incredible privilege to have you and your wife joining with us this morning. I'm trying to see... Christine at the, Banel at the back there, where? Who are you shouting? Oh, I couldn't even see you, there we go. Come forward there. She's actually there. But we've had the privilege of having Banele, some of her family, a part of the life of this church. Incredible to have you partnering with us, Banele, in the, in the story. I'm trying to see who else we've got there. Sarana and, and Tracy Puvan, and the, the, it's an amazing privilege to have you, a little six-year-old girl with us, and partnering in the life of the church. We met... Uh, little while ago, 10 days ago, and uh, they've, been, they've been part of the church for three years now, just checking us out, just checking. They've done their research. 
So if you're thinking and you're asking questions, speak to them. They've done their research, and, they, and they, it's a wonderful privilege to have you with us. Christine at the back, um, give us a wave. And uh, she couldn't get to church this morning, so I sent Wayne. If you need an Uber, phone Wayne. <laughs> Christine's car broke down, so she wanted to be here this morning. Wonderful to have you with us. Where are we going? Tyler, um, if you're looking for a BMW, this is your man. Uh, he'll give you a special deal. But again, an amazing privilege. Um, uh, we, we, we met um, the other day just really asking amazing questions about what is God taking us, what's the journey. And uh, we really highly value that the reason we do this course is often we go on journeys with people and people think they hear something and, and awesome, go down a road of, well, that's what the church is about. A couple of years later, you go, well, that's not what the church is about. And this process is saying, if you're going to join a family, you're going to join a, a story, you want to know what that story is about, and we want you to know what that story is about and get to ask the questions. And so there have been some amazing questions asked, challenges, which is good. Where am I going? Edwin, who is a partner now but a pastor a month ago. So <laughs> it's amazing what God does. And, uh, and, and Mpele, um, who was um, John Legend on the keys this morning, and his wife, Monica, who is working this morning, will be here tonight, um, but also joined the church recently. Amazing to have you guys in the life of the story. Jenny Ambler, whose name I have mentioned here before. I've known Jenny for most of my life. And we worked together for probably eight years at Glenridge. And uh, she fed a community for years. And it's an amazing privilege. Moved to Cape Town recently. It's so amazing to have you with us um, in, in our story and with us. We have Kurt and Marguerite. And if you want to know why your petrol price is going up, you can come ask Kurt. He basically single-handedly controls it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Something like that. But, um, and also part of the community here, wonderful to have you with us with your little one in the story. Is that everyone? Yeah. Tuli at the back there. There we go, hiding in the back there. Wonderful to have you. Come forward so we can see you there. Because Wayne and, and, and Rob modeled for us cream jersey, so we need to see yours <laughs> as well. Lovely to have you with us. And, and anyone else hiding in the back there? Where are we going? Who are you pointing out to me? Okay. Okay. They want to meet. Well, it is an amazing, amazing privilege to, to be together. There were a few who couldn't make it this morning. But these are celebration moments. And um, I just wanted to say a couple of things. I, when I met with people and we spoke, I said, you, you, don't, you don't join a church. You, you join a group of guys going on a run. You join them. And you just, hey, how's it, guys? And you leave, and that's it. You become a member of a bowls club. I am a member of a very prestigious golf club. Very prestigious. It's in the Jarkensburg. I've never been there. It costs 700 rand a year to be a member. And uh, I probably never will go there because it's the cheapest golf club in the country. But I'm a member. They've got me on their board as a member so that I am a member of a club because clubs are ridiculously expensive. But that's what membership can be. You pay your fee and you're in and you're out and you, no one really knows. That's why we use the terminology of partner to partner in the life of the local church. And, and when we are partners, we share in the good days and the bad days. We put our time, our energy, our efforts in. We are invested in the life, in the success, in the story. It's, we take ownership of that story. Even if our partnership share is small or large or whatever our part to play is. The amazing thing about partnership is 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about actually that, that, that there's one body, many parts. And we know a healthy body needs every part. If a church is just a pulpit, 
it's just a head without a body. A mouth, not a head, a mouthpiece. It's like it's just a mouthpiece mouthing off with no life and no story. We need ligaments. We need life. We need strong legs that can sustain and hold people. We got to listen to marriage stories on Friday night that have stood time for 30 years under pressure. We need those stories in the life of the church. So this issue of partnership is not just, hey, great, let's put a picture of people that are joining the life of the church. These people aren't just visiting. They're saying not only were they prepared to join, they're prepared to come out during the week, take time out of their story to hear what the story is about, and then to say, actually, we, we want in. And, and you know the amazing thing in the integrity of people, and maybe you heard this morning, guys, came to Lincoln. One or two people said, actually, that's not our story just yet. Can we have some more time? There's some more conversations. That's awesome. Honestly, that's amazing. Because to me, there's got to be that integrity of we can challenge, we can test, we can ask questions so that we can really move forward. And I'm taking a little bit of time on this because part of, we want to share the highs and lows. We want to do life together. That's a statement you've probably heard before if you've been around a while. But we, ha- again, I'm going to allude to Friday night, we had the marriage boot camp and, and honest stories of real life were shared. Stories you don't walk up to someone in the shopping center and tell. Actually, very personal things. And Ben's laughing because he was here. Very personal things. You don't just walk up to someone and check as they go, hey, we're in checkers together. I'm going to tell you all about my life. But when you're in partnership and when you're sharing life and you're doing life together, you're prepared to share your life because you know maybe it'll help someone. Maybe it'll inspire someone. Maybe it could save a marriage. And so we want to call people to do life together, to celebrate, to connect, and contribute. And so this morning is a celebration of what God has done. Some of these stories, you don't know, but we have the privilege of sitting. Some of them are first-time church Never been in church before, got the Bible, but I don't have the book of Mark kind of questions. And I'm not mocking that. I'm saying that's the reality. That is awesome. Some have had years in the church and, and different backgrounds, Methodists and Baptists and, 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 and Catholics and all sorts of church backgrounds. That's awesome too. That God is adding for his mission and his mandate that he would choose to use a local church like Life Changes is amazing. It's very gracious of him. And in the book of Nehemiah, there's this incredible story that the walls are down and Nehemiah that gathers the, the people of God and he says, let's do this thing together. Let's do this thing together because God has called us to a high project. I want to tell you that the church is a let's do this thing together story. It's not my story. If the church rises or falls on the preaching in the pulpit, I'm telling you, I don't think it's a healthy church. If the church rises or falls, whether the aircon's working or the seats are comfy, that's not a church. That's a gathering. That's a meeting. It's a gathering. A church do life together. And the day I stepped down from Durban to come and have the privilege of leading you, I said, actually, guys, if God calls us beyond the comforts of the local church with walls and a roof in the rain, and he calls us back under trees, then if he's doing that, then we want to be on that story. Some of you are like, no, Mark. <laughs> what are you saying? But it's the mission. It's the mandate, and it's not ours, it's his. And so there's this story, and he calls all the troops, and people come from far and wide, wide, and it says 17 times, next to him, and next to them, and next to him, and next to them. And some were building big sections of the wall, and some were building small sections, and some were building with wood, and some were building with brick. That's the church. And so the question and and the challenge of them saying, yes, we want to be a part of the story, is, uh, is the challenge of who are you next to? Sir or man. 
if, if your closest connection is the person in the pulpit, I'm telling you, it's not strong enough. We need each other. We need next to him. I, I've got to know who's next to me. Who's next to me? And who's next to me on this side? I've got, I've got friends that are next to me. One of the guys gave me a call recently and said, hey, but I'm just telling you, I saw this. I noticed you're looking tired. You need to rest. If you don't have friends who can make those phone calls to your life and, have, and you give them the space, I'm telling, them, telling you, you need them. I need them. And so next to him, these are people God has added in the next to him story. And I'm incredibly grateful to God. <coughs> and so what I'd love to ask is, is as a church, if you're saying life changes, part of your story, you're a part of life changes, will you stand with us? And we're going to pray for these amazing family. And, and even if you've been coming and it, you don't have to have done length, if you're saying this is my story and, and we want to celebrate, I don't know how you welcome in family members because today we're not welcoming in people who are going to put their names on a board. We're welcoming in family. And uh, to me, that's incredibly exciting. Incredibly, incredibly exciting. And so... I would ask that, that we would stand, and will you reach out your hands to them? The Bible says, reach out your hands. We're going to pray. We're going to ask for God's grace. And, and this is your family saying, actually, we want to stand next to you. We want to partner with you. We want to do life with you. Is that good? So let's pray together. Lord, I first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you would add your grace. And, and I thank you that every one of these people... And some of their, their amazing kids, not some of their kids, all of their kids, Lord. All of their kids are amazing gifts to the life of this story. The life changer story that is your story. That is about your mission and your grace. And I ask today, as in this statement, that these people step into a story that's just a part. That the life changer story is just a part of your big redemption story in this world. And yet it's our part, Lord. It's our part to build the wall in Tableview, Milnerton, and Cape Town. It's our part. So I thank you for adding gifts, stories for this grace gospel journey, Lord. We say, wow, God. I, I, I think of the coffees and the moments of encounters I've had with some of these amazing people. And I just go, wow, God. I pray your favor upon every person, Lord. I pray your favor upon them, your blessing upon them. Your word says... That, that those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. I proclaim flourishing over every person here. Flourishing in their marriages. Flourishing in the marketplace. Flourishing in the parenting. Flourishing in, in the gifts that you have put upon their lives. We declare flourishing as your family today. And God, it's all for your glory. All for your praise. And we want to say again, thank you. You've been unbelievably kind to the Life Changes family today. We take a moment to think of those coming in at Milton this morning and the evening service tonight. And again, we say, thank you, God. We are overwhelmed. The stories of redemption. The many stories of this being the first place people gave their lives to Jesus. We are overwhelmed by your goodness. And we say, God, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Not to fill spaces and seats, but for the power of your mission through this local family, God that your name would be made great in and through everyone. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give them a raucous round of applause? Bless you, guys.
Thank you so much. And we are going to have communion together as a family. And I would ask, have a look <coughs> at some of these faces. And when we have communion together at the end of the service, can I ask, can we gather around them? And we would pray and continue to pray as God's blessing and introduce names. I know some of you, like Mark, take away these name tags. I like coming into church and no one knowing who I am, slipping into the back. And now I have to wear a name tag. And people walk up to me and they say my name like they know me. And now I'm shocked because I don't know if I do know them or not. If that's your reality, I promise you that's mine sometimes too. <laughs> and we are committed to building family. It's not perfect. It never will be until Jesus returns. But we're committed to doing and building family together. It's harder. Sometimes it's a bit slower. But I think it's really important. Good. Wonderful. So this morning, have the incredible privilege of continuing our series on God is. I've been overwhelmed by the feedback from last Sunday morning of God is Father and and the profound truth and the life that that brings. And I know many of it was a long weekend and I know there were people away, but it's, it's inspired us to look at a series where we just take time to take and baptize ourselves, baptize ourselves to fully immerse ourselves in the character, the nature, and the identity of who the Father is. It's been overwhelming. And we want to continue this series, so we're going to come back to that series in time. But whatever God did, I trust, throw yourself into the Scriptures, into the Word. It's, it's, it's so much more powerful when we have the, the written, and we can say, it is written. Jesus and the challenge came to his life. His re first response to the challenge in the desert was, it is written. Man cannot. And I would ask you this morning, some having been saved for 30 years, I've told the story before, I'll tell it again because it shocked me. I was sitting with a family member and we were talking about the Bible and talking about life and this person had been in the church for 25 years. 25 years in a church. And I said, you know, you know the Apostle Paul and, and, and um, no, Paul. And I was like, wow, not judging, not anything. I'm just 25 years with the book of life. And we don't, we've never heard of Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. So if you're here this morning and you don't know the book, the, the guy Paul, please don't feel judged, but please let something stir inside of you to be able to say, it is written, I am a son of God. It is written, I am loved. It's written. Is that good? Yes. Wonderful. We're having fun. We really are having fun. It is amazing privilege. My wife and our family have the privilege of being off for two weeks from Tuesday, and we are looking forward to that. So this morning could be naughty. You know what happens when you're getting close to the holiday and you, you get like almost there. So we're really, really excited. Um, some, some feedback from the marriage boot camp. If you weren't here, we will just tell you we spoke about sex and money. It was fun. <laughs> it was really honest. And um, I'm hoping there were some good conversations and hopefully more at home afterwards. No one laughed at that. <laughs> yes, more money and more, yes. And um, so uh, we continue the series. Thank you, Andrew. There we go. That's Andrew there and welcome team. <laughs> Speak to them if you'd like to know more. And uh, we continue the series this morning, God Is. I remember when I told someone, they, someone came to me before they did the series and they said, well, what's the next series? I said, well, it's called God Is. And I felt like that wasn't enough. So I said, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> because they looked at me with a blank face like, 
you really haven't got much, have you? <laughs> you? You really haven't thought this one through. But it's been so profound, and what's most profound for me is the questions and people going to the Word and saying, actually, because we live with these ideas and these concepts of who God is, and we get comfortable with them. Why? Because most of the time we fashion them. We fashion them and we try to make God like us. And we like it when God's more like me than like God. But we don't get that privilege. And that's why a diet and a calling to the Word of God is so important because it, it immerses us and keeps baptizing us in the character and the nature of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is our journey. My journey is not to become a good Life Changers member or partner. Do all the right things. Tick all the right boxes. My journey is to become like Jesus. My journey of disciple making as a leader in a church community is not to make good disciples who do it the way Life Changers like. My journey is to call people to be like Jesus. Not like me. It's too low a standard. I know some of you are horrified. It's too low a standard. You were designed, you were equipped, you were called to be like him. And he's calling you on, he's rooting for you. Grace is, come on, you can do it. Come on, husband, you're struggling grace for your wife. In me, you will find the life. Because she's probably struggling with grace for you too. And if we're outside of Jesus and throwing ourselves into his character, into his nature, we will always struggle. And I would like to to this morning continue the conversation, but I'd like us to read a couple of scriptures from John chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16, before we continue. John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, Jesus speaking, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, other translations, another counselor, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John chapter 15, verse 26. When the advocate comes, whom will I send to you from the Father? Whom I will send to you from the Father... The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. John chapter 16, Jesus speaking, verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what he is yet to come. What is yet to come? Sorry, I'm not winning yet. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. 
That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we come this morning under the authority of your word. We say, Father, you're welcome here. Jesus, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. But I pray this morning, as we look at these scriptures about you, Holy Spirit, I pray would you reveal yourself to people this morning. I pray would you get where places where my words cannot get. Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself as God, as counselor, as friend, as helper, as revealer. Would you do that this morning? By your grace, we pray. Amen. So a number of weeks ago, I taught, and, and uh, I'm a bit more of a preacher, but, but the fruits of that teaching around the Holy Spirit, I've had many conversations with people, and most of them go like this. So God the Father, I get that. Here's the truth. Most religions get the idea of God the Father. They, they're okay with that, that there's the big guy, the Father, in control, God the Father. And most Christians and every believer in the world will agree on that journey, that God the Father is God. Then there's God the Son, Jesus. And we haven't got to actually teaching about that. I trust we teach about Jesus every week. But God the Son who is God, and that's where we would differ from most religions on the world, that a Savior would come and die, lay his life down for his people in humility and servanthood. He'd lay himself down. That's where other religions start to struggle with Christians. And then the amazing thing is in the number of conversations we've had with people since God, Trinity, the Trinitarian God, and the understanding that Father is God, Jesus is God, Holy Spirit is God. And I've had honest conversations with people who've been in church for many years going, oh, struggle with that one. It's the one area that it's the Father most people are okay with, even other religions. The Son, most Christians are all together on the same page. The Spirit, we're not. We're not. So we, in this room, are people who a few months ago had no clue what the Holy Spirit was, who He was. A few months ago, some, and, 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 and have grown up Baptists and, and Catholics, very different ideas. Some have grown up happy, clappy. No clapping, clappy, clappy. Behave yourselves. So we've come from all these different backgrounds. God puts us into a family, and we have to understand, well, who is God? It's not about my preference. It's not about where I grew up. It's not about, well, my culture is quiet. My culture is loud. It's not about your culture. It's about who is God, because there is freedom in there who is God. There is life. There is courage in who is God. And we are a God people, which means we are a father people the person of the Father. We are a Jesus people. We love singing songs of the cross and what Christ has done. And Christ in me, the hope of glory, we are also a Holy Spirit people. And the Holy Spirit is possibly the misunderstood part of the Trinity. And um, there's different perspectives. I want to tell you why I'm burdened to speak about the Holy Spirit now. Well, this is the truth. I'm burdened because I believe walking with the Spirit of God daily is a vital experience that cannot be missed if we want to walk into the fullness that God has for us. It just, it's not an optional extra. 
And my concern is I engage people and even people's resistance towards the Holy Spirit. The minute the, the gate's closed, it's very hard for us to walk with a person. And I'm going to tell you the truth, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's very difficult for us to walk with the Holy Spirit if our gates are down. If our gates are down. And I know that it's not just about what God did then, has done. It's also about what He wants to do and for what God wants to do in and through your life and in and through us as a local church, we need to be walking with the Holy Spirit. And secondly, I'm feel vital to speak about God as Holy Spirit because of Romans 8 verse 13, which says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Our life hangs vitally on this relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. See, we can shout, put to death sin. We can shout, put to death those bad behaviors. We can shout those at ourselves. And unfortunately, a lot of the church shouts it at the world. But this word says, you can only do that in the Holy Spirit. You can only do that. So we can call people to righteous living. We can call people to be like God. But unless we position ourselves as a people who want to walk with the Holy Spirit, we can't really tell people that, well, you can try, but you're not going to make it. So you end up in this white-knuckled Christianity, holding on to the line, holding on to some idea of what this walk is about. But without the Spirit of God, we cannot do it. No one can. And the third reason is because I believe we worship a God of miracles. I see it in His Word, and I've seen too much. I've seen deaf eye, deaf, you can't have deaf, deaf ears opened. I've seen blind eyes opened. I've seen cancers flee. You know what I've also seen? I've seen deaf ears stay closed. I've seen blind eyes not opened. And I've seen cancers take life. I've seen both. But the word says, will you be a people who will keep contending for more of heaven to keep breaking into earth? And the only way we do that is by walking with the Spirit of God. I lay hands on my kids every time they are sick. Every time. Because I want them to know that our God is a healer. And whether He heals them in an instant or He takes them on a journey in that story, that is not my determination. But He is a healer, and He wants to heal by His Holy Spirit in this life. So my prayer is, come Holy Spirit. Preach yourself to your people this morning because in the time that we have, I cannot do it. Honestly, we'd need 20 preachers to have a full, well-rounded theology. But I want to dispel a few ideas about who the Holy Spirit is. The first idea that people have is they've got this idea that the Holy Spirit is a force, kind of like Star Wars. May the force be with you. Yes, that's... So when I want to tell someone about the Holy Spirit, I tell them about Star Wars and we go down... No, the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not also the distance I'm meant to keep between myself and someone dancing when we are unmarried. It's not a measure of distance. And, and we know that if, if, if you grew up in the church I grew up in, I was educated about the Christian hug. It looks something like this. Like I'm a little bit stretching my hamstrings. And why? Because I'm keeping room for the Holy Spirit, of course. It's not that. It's been diminished to that in many contexts, but that's not the Holy Spirit. And um, 
The one, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit is the guy who comes to you when Jesus can't make it. I don't know if you've heard that. It's like Jesus couldn't be with us, so we've got the sidekick, the Holy Spirit. And we laugh, but I'm telling you, in application, sometimes this is how we treat him. It's like, well, we, we couldn't really get Jesus. He's not the third wheel of the Trinity. You know that guy that goes along with the date, and he's it's like awkward. <laughs> I mean, who gets called the Holy Ghost? Who, who? He's, he's not that guy. And the last one is, he's not an optional extra in our God journey, the next level of Christian living. As this guy tells us, I uh, just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, so I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. <laughs> it's kind of, it's not, well, well, I've been walking with the Lord so many years now. Now, I think I should engage this guy, the Holy Spirit. No, the day you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible says, you were guaranteed, you were marked, you were sealed. Who? By the Holy Spirit. So you can deny and you cannot acknowledge, but you are walking with the Spirit already. So my job this morning is none other than to ask gates to be opened. Because I know in this room, some are a little bit like, whoa, we, I thought we were like one of those, we were conservative and, and we would keep a handle on that. No, you see, the challenge with that is the Bible has this crazy word in the book of Acts all over the place. It's called suddenly. Suddenly. So the church were doing stuff. They were singing nice songs. They were worshiping God, just enjoying a weekend. And suddenly, God did something. And the problem with suddenly is we can't control when it happens, how it happens, who it happens to. Suddenly, God does something. And I'm not God. The other part is those who are saying, God, Mark, we've got to go on the journey. And, and we want you to hit a chair and we want to be... No, we, we aren't... I, I'm not after Red Bull Christianity. Because suddenly it didn't happen every time they got together. What did happen every time they were together is the Spirit was leading. The Spirit was showing. To me, the Holy Spirit is not the picture of a waterfall. I'm just getting pounded all day. The Holy Spirit is, is the intravenous drip of heaven into my life. Into my life that pulls me with resources. I, I've had the privilege of, of, of doing the doozy canoe marathon. The one day I was sick all night and I still did the third day. I got to the end completely. I couldn't get out the canoe and they put the drip inside of me. Two. In 20 minutes, I was the life of the party. And, and I'm telling you, we've got to get some ideas and understandings that yes, sometimes like Pentecost, like the moment, the Spirit of God is going to come like a flood. We can't control it. Would I be super like chilled and just relax? There's fire on Rob's head right now. Just Some of you would be freaked out and yet the challenge is it's in your Bible, not just mine. But the, the overriding call is us to walk with the Spirit of God. Daily. How do I find grace to love my family when they wake up at five o'clock this morning and want to make noise because it's my third year's third year old's birthday? Well, the Spirit of God. Because <laughs> He gives us fruits, not oranges and apples, some like patience that I might not have on my own outside of Him. But there's two big ideas and thoughts that we've got to know. The first one is this, and I've said it, but I'm going to say it again the Holy Spirit is God. And to believe in the Christian faith, 
to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ is to believe that the Holy Spirit is God. To believe anything other is not the Christian faith. I hate to say it. It's not. It's mysticism. It'll have some nice ideas, but it's not the Christian faith. And that the Bible tells us in, in the Son of God is equally eternal with the Father. In John 1, it tells us, it makes it clear. But then Romans 8, it says this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if the Spirit does not have, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if it is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. The Spirit, the Father, the Son, are perfectly eternal, perfectly equal in power, but God has a mission to redeem us. And so the Trinity gets together and says, how are we going to do this? How we, we're not bored. They weren't sitting in heaven bored thinking, what do we do? We get like that. They don't get like that. They're going, we love. And our love calls me to send and extend. So we'll send the Son to die on a cross. And then, Spirit, will you be in them? And, and some of us think like, Holy Spirit, but God, they're dirty. They, they got thoughts in their head. No, will you go and enable them and equip them? from inside of them? Will you reveal the Father inside of them? Will you reveal the Son from inside of them? That's why Christianity is not an out-to-in gospel. Well, let's sort all the outside things first. And then maybe the heart will get better. It starts inside. Why? Because I can't do it. He does it. And the Spirit of God inside of me that brings life to dead bones. See, before Jesus has redeemed me, before Jesus has pulled me out of the grave where I was dead, I was dead. And the Spirit of God comes inside and brings life where there was death. I want to whet your appetite this morning. That's all I want to do. Another counselor, the advocate. The second one is this, that the Holy Spirit is a person. And this is super important. The challenge is we, we, we get it to have a relationship with the Father. We can understand that because fathers are humanists. And then we get Jesus because he was a man. He had fingers and toes and he walked the earth while he was on this earth. We get the idea that we are called into relationship. But unless we get the concept and the biblical truth that the Holy Spirit is a person, we will struggle to relate. We will struggle to have relationship with him. Some of you are looking very worried at me. Just smile, even if you're lying. Just... There we go, feel better. But the Holy Spirit is a person. Let me give you some, some reasons for that. He has feelings. How many forces, like gravity, are, oh, look at that high jumper going against my feelings. Gravity doesn't care. Ephesians tells us in Ephesians 4, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You can't grieve a force. I'm going to grieve gravity. Look at it. Ha! You can't do that. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. The person 
He has a mind. It tells us in Romans 8 verse 27, 26, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Knows the mind of the Spirit. A force, a measure, a, a, a portion doesn't have a mind. The Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 who proportions each according individually as he wills. The same Spirit. The Spirit has a will. His own will. He speaks. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Holy Spirit speaks. We've got Christians running around. How do I make decisions? Well, I look at the stars. I'll read a horoscope. That door, why opened wide? Well, the wind might have blown it open. Just being facetious a little bit. But when we have a low view of God speaking, we will struggle to believe that God has a will and wants to reveal His will to us. The Bible says God has a good, perfect, and pleasing will for you. It might not always seem good, perfect, and pleasing to us, at the time, but it is for us. And he says you can test and approve the will of the Lord. Oh, Mark, that's for some other guy. No, that's for you, sir or man. You can test and approve the will of the Lord. Romans 12, the Bible. Not my preferences. So feelings, mind, will, speaks. And he was there at the beginning. Let us create mankind in our image. Let us, who? Let us, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Three persons, one God. Let us. So I trust that truth lands and settles because it's unbelievably important. John 14, verse 17, says, you, Jesus says, You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you, be in you. And, and one of the things, the aspects of the Holy Spirit is a teacher in his own right. It says in John 14, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Jesus says, I haven't got time, guys. And actually, it'll overwhelm you, disciples, fishermen and tax collector. So, but doesn't mean I'm going to have to keep coming back, like on timeshare, just to visit and give you an update. No, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he will teach you all things. Holy Spirit's a teacher. In Romans 5, verse 5. So a lot of scripture today. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know why I can love? It's not because I was loved as a child. I love because inside of me is love. It's called God, the Holy Spirit. You know why I can have compassion? It's not because I've been there. Oh, I know what it's like because I've been there. I don't have to have been there. I have compassion because the spirit of love in the side of me, revealing God. I've sat with many, many, many people who've lost children in the womb. And I'm telling you, I can feel compassion not because I've had to lose it, but because my God feels and my God is inside of us and my God calls us to love. Wow, I am so nowhere in my notes this morning. I want to, I want to call us to something. Because I'm convinced of this fact. We can't just. And I sit with people and they're trying hard. And they're trying really, really hard. 
But the gospel isn't a try-hard gospel. The gospel is, it is done gospel. The gospel is, I put my spirit inside of you, and he'll bring life where there's death. You just keep walking with him. I want to shoot through a whole bunch, because I know how we work. We kind of, we get something new, and it's a new concept. We've got to go, well, uh, I was looking at Duran. We've got a new camera, because our camera broke, and, and the manual is in Dutch, Spanish, German, and Italian. So he's trying to work out how it works. <laughs> he doesn't speak any of those languages. But I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit does, because I think then you'll start and say, well, I, well, I need that. I want that. So I think sometimes we, we forget who plays their part in the story. So what does the Holy Spirit do? I've spoken about. He teaches us. I've spoken about the fact that He is our guarantee. You know who makes us fruitful? Because the Bible speaks a lot about fruitfulness. It's not my energy, my effort. It's the Holy Spirit who gives fruitfulness. He enables and equips us. Ephesians 1. No, no, no. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness. Those are the Spirit of God inside of us operating. Oh, they're just, a, they're just such a patient person. Well, maybe. I've known some people like that. I know some unsaved people that are unbelievably patient. But the miracle of the gospel is the person who grew up in a home where there was no patience, in an environment where patience doesn't count for much as a currency, but the Spirit of God gets inside of them and you see them. Become patient. I've seen that in life groups. I had this one guy, I've told you about him before, um, and his name was Tony. The first time I saw him, I was driving behind this little Ford Fiesta on the way to church, a little white one. And next minute, the taxi cut this Ford Fiesta, and this guy just started going off. All sorts of gestures were coming out of this tiny little Fiesta at this big taxi. And he was going mad. So I thought, shame, this poor guy. Next minute, he turns into church, into the parking. So I thought, this guy needs a friend. So I became his friend, I invited him to my life group, and I watched a racist, impatient man crumble under the grace of God, be built up in the grace of God by the Spirit of God. Today, he, he doesn't struggle with those things anymore. Journey, probably 10, 11 years now, because the Holy Spirit makes us fruitful. He shows us Jesus. John 15, 26, he will testify about me. You want to see Jesus? You can stare at a million paintings of the cross. You can watch the Passion a thousand times. But without the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus in all his glory, both before the cross, at the cross, and on his throne today, we won't see Jesus. He will fill us with joy. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6. I'm going to go a little faster. He guides us into truth and tells us about the future. He, he calls us. He empowers us. I spoke about miracles. How? These hands aren't miracle hands. They're just not. I know that. These hands have destructed things. I, I, I used to really enjoy fires as a five and six-year-old. It burned things. But to more shock to myself, I've laid hands on a deaf person, and they can hear again. And I was more shocked than him. And we both stood there in shock, going, Wow. Someone's got to help you. That just happened. And it wasn't these hands. It was the Spirit of God inside of me who's calling us and empowering us for a ministry that looks like Jesus' ministry. If my ministry looks like Mark's ministry, it's missing. But if it looks like Jesus' ministry, there's something. But it's still God doing it. He gives us gifts. He gives us gifts. 1 Corinthians 12. 
men sitting down playing pianos and little fingers going like this. And I'm just thinking, that's a gift given by God. Yes, they've done some work. Don't mean little fingers. Where's Mpele? Sorry. Nice, manly size, strong fingers. Blonk, blonk. Sorry. He gives us wisdom. He encourages us. Encourages us. Sometimes there's not people around to encourage us. Where are we going to find our courage? In God, the Holy Spirit, gives us courage. He speaks to us. I've said he reveals the Father to us. Last week, God was working in the room. I've had the privilege of sitting with people and trying to outwork some of the things that God was doing. But it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit taking the preaching of the word, igniting fires inside of hearts, saying something's got to change here. And there's some things so deep down inside that unless God, the Holy Spirit, gets there, I'll never see the Father. He wants to reveal the Father to us. Brings conviction in the word. We read the word. And sometimes you've read a scripture over and over again. You've just glanced over it. And I told you, I was reading, I couldn't sleep, so I read, started reading Philippians, and, and there's that scripture, let your gentleness be evident to all. And it's like the Holy Spirit just went, poof. He said, but, I, but why? Why? No, because the Holy Spirit convicts us, speaks to us, leads us into freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Helps us pray, helps us to become more like God. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, to his disciples, he comes back, Ooh, comes back to his disciples. I've got 40 days, boys. I've got 40 days. I'm going to tell you about the kingdom of God. And then he says in, in Acts 1 verse 5, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift. First of all, it's a gift. Who knows? This world loves receiving gifts. Just watch Oprah. You get one, and you get one, and you get one, and you, and you all get one. But the father says, I've got a gift. And, and my son had to come back to me so that the gift could be given. And I'm not hiding the gift under a chair. I've put the gift inside of you. Will you recognize? Will you acknowledge? Will you open? Oh, yes, you saw something in 1996. 1996, Toronto Blessing. I saw some weird things. Be honest. But I also saw God transform lives and doing things that only God fully understood because I didn't. In a circus tent, hey, Jen? Circus tent. God did things. But will you wait? We're in an impatient world. By nature, by form, by sh- we're impatient. So I, I saw one of my friends on Facebook having a complaint about this long. I don't know how long you can get a complaint on Facebook. It's like this long. To a company, because she paid 20 rand extra to have the thing arrive the next day between 10 and 12. And now it is 12.57 and it hasn't arrived. And I'm going, wow. We're there. We're all there. Wait for the gift. But what's the real issue? It carries on in Acts 1, verse 6 to 9. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for me to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he's gone. We need power. That word power, dunamis, the same word for dynamite. I need the dynamite of heaven in my soul just to raise kids. I need the dynamite of heaven to find the courage to see transformation come. That when you're sitting in a restaurant and someone broken walks up to your table and says, can I serve you a coffee? And the spirit of God is inside of you and says, ma'am, something's wrong. Can I, can I love you? The spirit of God says, maybe don't say anything. Just leave them a ridiculous tip. But the spirit of God does that. The power, the dunamis of heaven. We can't do it alone. And I love speaking about the presence of God and the Spirit of God because it's like presenting someone with a gift that I didn't pay for. The Father gave. How cool is it when someone gives you a gift and you get to go give it to the kid? Edwin came to our house. It was our third-year-old's birthday yesterday, and he gave me the gift. I was like, awesome, take it. Because the little oak doesn't know it's Edwin. I did tell him later. But I took the first 30 seconds. Ah! We get to do that. The Holy Spirit. Who deserves this gift? No one. Who's earned this gift? No one. Who can make it happen? No one. But the Holy Spirit from the good, good Father. And this morning, I'm not speaking about baptism of the Spirit, but we are going to teach that. In the beginning of the next term in the life groups, we are going to be looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit in part of a fast-track foundations course that will run in all the life groups. And then we'll facilitate moments for that to pray for people, because that's what the Bible speaks about. Lay on hands. Pray for people. But Galatians 5 says this, and I'm going to close in a few minutes. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed. Imagine he just stopped there. Love your neighbor as yourself. My neighbors sent about 47 messages on a WhatsApp group yesterday because some dog got out. And it just went on. And, and I love dogs now. I have one. So you can't accuse me of not loving dogs. I love him. He's inside. We thought he wouldn't be, but now he's inside not just our house, but our hearts. I love dogs. But the messages, bing, 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 bing. I, this scripture, if it just stopped there, I would have struggled. I'd be like, oh, that's a high order. Maybe I should check some other deal. But then he carries on. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Boop, removed, left group. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What does it say? You can walk with God. Holy Spirit. And you can be led by God. The problem is, we don't always like being led. You know that? I don't know about you, but sometimes they're like, I don't know, I want to be led. Just, and God says, actually, you're going to walk with the Spirit, and He's going to lead you to Jesus. Without that leading, we'll never get there. Without that leading, we'll never find the space and the freedom and the life that God's called us to. And if the gates are down, I mean, the gates are up to, I just want to be loved by daddy. 
God the Father. That's cool. I, I want to be, I want to receive the grace because of Jesus, redemption, adoption. Yes, I want that. Oh, but Holy Spirit, whoa, weird guy. Some force. So here would be five short encouragements as to how to walk with the Spirit of God. Number one, just acknowledge on your own. Maybe some of you need to take some of these truths and go, God, the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I've shut you out. I allowed experiences or lack of experiences to say no. Would you do that on your own? Maybe even now when we take communion together. Would you do that? Secondly, I would say pray. Spoke to a church leader this week with a very, very, very business, busy life, leading a massive business, leading a monstrous church and preaching all over the place. I said, how are you doing it? He says, someone told me to pray in tongues and every morning he wakes up and for half an hour he prays in tongues. For half an hour. Maybe that sounds weird to you, but I'm telling you. Psalm 51, the psalmist prays, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. And put a, put a new and right spirit within me. Why? Because I don't always wake up with a new and right spirit. I just don't. Acknowledge, pray, trust. The Bible speaks about the unshakable promise that God will give you victory over these battles. Why? Because of the Spirit of God. You can trust the Spirit of God. Number four, do something. There's no point knowing you have this power but never putting the switch on. It's a cell phone with a SIM card inside that's never turned on. Look at it. New iPhone. Shiny. Wow. But we never turn it on. And we can be like that with the Holy Spirit. Just never allowing. You know how you turn it on? Love someone. Just love them. Love them. Your first thing doesn't even have to pray for them or intercede or just love them. Lastly, say thank you. Galatians 2 verse 20, not I but the Spirit of Christ within me. Thanks be to God. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Say thank you, Father, that you sent your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for dying so that I might receive the Holy Spirit to walk with me, to lead me, to guide me in this journey to Jesus. God is spirit.